All right, let's talk sports this morning on Friday the 29th. I'm here with legendary sports talk show broadcaster Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. My name's John Riley. And uh, Lee, how you doing this morning? John, good morning. We have so much to talk about. We're going to focus on baseball in this first podcast that we've done together. We got the baseball pennant races, notably in the National League West, and just around the corner of the baseball trading deadline. So those will be the topics on the table. Well, I mean, I'm really concerned about the Padres right now. I mean, they've blown some some games here in Detroit. Um, how do you think they're looking here for the trade deadline coming up? Well, let's start, first of all, with the Dodgers and the Padres and the baseball pennant races. Uh, the Padres situation, a year ago, their starting rotation was devastated by injury. This year, it's the everyday lineup that's had bad injuries, and now their bullpen's got bad injuries. They're very much a flawed baseball team. Uh, they're, they're no longer hanging in in the fight for first place with the Dodgers. As we start this great sports weekend, John, the Padres are 12 games out of first place, which is amazing because a couple of weeks ago they were a half game behind the Dodgers. And to complicate all this, they still have to play the Dodgers nine more times and the Giants nine more times. So the, the Friars are in a world of hurt. This has the the potential to be as ugly a collapse as last August and September when they Mm -hmm. went 12 and 36 and wiped out what had been a really good first half of the season. Uh, They've they've got all kinds of problems. They've wasted, they've had 33 quality starts from that rotation. And now those guys are fatigued. That's a problem. Now they got an injury to Mackenzie Gore. May not come back the rest of the season. That's a problem. The bullpen is depleted. They got more relievers on the disabled list than they got quality relievers on the active roster. (laughs) John, they're in a world of hurt, and I'm not quite sure how they're going to get out of this because there's really nothing left in the farm system at AAA that they can call up to contribute, especially on on the pitching front. Uh, Where they are right now, one of the most anemic teams in Major League Baseball hitting, despite the fact they got an MVP candidate in Manny Machado, everybody else is underachieved. And if they don't make the playoffs, this will be a horrible season of underachievement. Eric Hosmer is making $20 million a year and is a singles hitter. And despite the blazing start he had in March and April, Hosmer's hitting around 200 since that point in time, since May. Will Myers has been constantly hurt. And even when he was playing, he was batting 234. He was not really trustworthy. Now he's got a knee issue. I'm a little surprised as he comes back this weekend as either a part-time DH or a part-time first baseman or part-time right fielder. I'm amazed he did not have scope surgery because he's got a cartilage issue there. You go in, you snip it, you're out four weeks, then you're back, and for the most part, you're pretty healthy. He instead did weight work, rest, etc. But it's it still may be there. And then, of course, the bigger story is the whole Fernando Tatis situation. And he is going through slow-motion rehab at home plate. He, of course, had surgery, bone graft, left wrist, screw inserted, left wrist. They've really brought him back slowly. It's going to be maybe mid-August now because initially when he got hurt, they said, oh, June 1st. Well, that was never (laughs) going to be. Uh, And now we just have to see how he reacts because you have to understand, John, The torque in the swing puts enormous pressure on that wrist, surgically Mm -hmm. repaired wrist. So how does he hold up when he starts taking a lot of batting practice, when he gets involved with the violent swings? 
Can he play without having further setbacks, pain, inflammation, etc.? And if that's not enough to deal with Tatis, El Nino still got the left shoulder situation mm-hmm. that he refused to have surgery on in the offseason. And even though they've done weight training work there, John, there's still risk that there could be a revisit to some type of dislocation again. They don't know. Uh, I think that the thing to watch as we go into the first and second week of August, when he gets activated, they're going to activate him as a shortstop or he plays really hard and puts himself at risk, or they're going to move him to center field where the risk would be a lot less, but he'd have to go through a learning curve in terms of judging fly balls and angles and going to the wall and coming in, coming out, and the communication with the other outfielders and infielders. So we have a huge unanswered question about El Nino, but this is hard because this was a team that played so well early. This team has maybe the best starting pitching in the National League, and they're 12 games out of first place. This is a shocker, and the pressure is really on the general manager A.J. Preller. Uh, It's his team. Can't blame anybody else. These are all his players. He's made so many trades over the four and a half years to try to build this. And they got there, and now they haven't been able to maintain it, and they don't have the depth to maintain it. Now he's got to go back into the marketplace. And then add into the equation the luxury tax in Major League Baseball. Uh, The Padres have spent an enormous amount of money under the owner, Peter Seidler. He has given A.J. Preller everything he wants in terms of go get this player, go sign that free agent, we'll sign off on this trade, make the deal. He's let him have everything. And his team is as bad now as it was at the end of last season, which was really a wretched finish. The Padres' composite payroll is $229 million. The luxury tax threshold is two thirty. If they go over that threshold, it'd be the second year in a row they're over the luxury tax they pay a more significant penalty. And without getting into the real nuts and bolts statistics with the mathematics, if you go over the luxury tax a second time, you lose draft picks and you lose money in your international signing pool. It's significant. If you do it a third time, the amount of money you pay back to Major League Baseball is phenomenal. So they've, and I think it's a mandate from Peter Seidler, is they've allowed the general manager to do what he wants, but you can't go over that threshold again. So that's that's where we are right now. They've still got 60-plus games to go in this baseball season as this great sports weekend has started, John. But the reality is they are a flawed team with a lot of guys underachieving, a roster full of a bunch of utility guys, and so they're force-feeding some kids that are kind of swimming upstream trying to cope with what it's like to play at this level. Have there been surprises? Yeah, I think Hassan Kim has just been a, a pleasant surprise. And there's no doubt that the pitching staff and, and the growth of Joe Musgrove, who's in his free agent season, right on. has just been spectacular. Are the disappointments? Yeah, there are a lot of guys that have underachieved. And I pinpoint Hosmer and I pinpoint Will Myers. And, and Blake Snell is an enigma. As good as he can be, we don't see it very consistently. And he's surely not the left-handed pitcher that we saw when the Padres were 20 or when he was with Tampa Bay and he went 20 and four and won the Cy Young Awards. And what makes it so complex is now the starting rotation is starting to run out of gas. And now the bullpen is springing leaks everywhere, including Taylor Rogers. And I'm not going to say Rogers is a disappointment because he had 19 saves in his first 20 opportunities. He allowed one run in his first 20 innings. The last 22 innings, Taylor Rogers has an ERA of over eight. 
You can't trust him. And he's lost bite in his slider. His curveball is not getting to the plate. Uh, his fastball sometimes good, sometimes bad. So the, the Padres across the board have got problems everywhere uh, with 60-plus games to go and an awful lot of distance to make up. And by the way, if you look over your shoulder in the standings, look who's coming. They're, now they're in a dogfight to make the playoffs because they've gone from the number one playoff wild card spot to number three. And you got teams right behind them that are red hot that mm-hmm. could jump them. And the fact that they still got to play the Dodgers nine more times just makes this an, an enormous challenge. So, yeah, we've got August and September baseball to be played. I wonder if this will be the same roster going forward. Uh, Padres gave us so much excitement and so much hope, John. It's not there right now, but that's why we got this weekend of baseball to pay attention to. Well, I think the fans are expecting Tatis to be Superman, like day one, and they may have some unrealistic expectations. Yeah, coming back from major injuries, John, you're correct, especially that type of injury. We don't know how his body is going to react when he gets in his four or five at-bats. We don't know how his body is going to react when he has to take batting practice every day. I'm talking body. I'm talking, obviously, how the, the wrist reacts he is a superstar, but he's been hurt. I, I went back and counted. I think he's played 235 games in his career in San Diego, and he's missed 203 games with a wide assortment of injuries. Yeah. Most of the injuries have come because El Nino is such an aggressive player and great player. This injury, the motorcycle incidents, and there were multiples of them, this injury comes based on stupidity. And if they don't make the playoffs, part of the blame has to go to the front door of Fernando Tatis for what he did in the offseason. Got a lot of baseball ahead of him, got a career ahead of him. But, boy, there's a bunch of injuries now that are kind of stapled to his driver's license. And then this bad decision he made in the Dominican. Uh, Nobody's talking about it. Nobody wants to blame him. Somebody needs to say what needs to be said about El Nino. Great player. I uh, sure hope they can keep him healthy because he's he's not not really completed a whole season without having something significant happen physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, as a fan, you're excited because they've got more resources, more players, but it's just not coming together. Well, there's a lot of reasons why it isn't coming together. Everybody's got injuries. Even the first place Dodgers, whom we're going to talk about, have injuries. But the fact of the matter is they're paying a lot of money to a lot of guys that aren't earning the money on the 1st and the 15th of every month. This is a great baseball community. I told Peter Seidler and Ron Fowler when they took over the franchise and they bought it from John Moores and Larry Lucchino, who saved baseball in San Diego, I told them in a meeting, this is a great baseball market. This is a market of Padre fans who will storm to the stadium when you start to win. And by the way, this is a melting pot of people from everywhere, John. You go to go to uh, Petco Park, the old Qualcomm Stadium, when the Cubs come in, Red Sox come in, Pirates come in, Giants come in, Yankee fan, they all show up. I said, if you put a winner on the field, you'll draw three to three and a half million. And there's a huge difference from three and a half million to two million in terms of your revenue streams. It makes your franchise really viable. And we have seen, I mean, Padre fans have stormed the stadium just to watch the game. So I'm, uh, this is a great baseball community. They've been teased a little bit by the first half of last year, uh, by the half of the pandemic season, by the start this year. But something has to change because they can't finish well if this is the roster they're going to have 
that they're going to finish with. So that's that's my quick assessment <laughs> on Padre baseball. Well, I mean, that, that's what Lee Hacksaw Hamilton thinks. And I just want to tell the audience right now, you know, we are live streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. That means you can participate on the chat line. Just type in your comments and questions, and, and we'll read them here and, may, and maybe answer a few of them on the air. We'll see how this is going. But this is uh, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton in the podcast world. I mean, this is, this is fabulous. All right, let's talk about the other team. Let's talk about Dodger baseball. You know, they've had their own series of injuries, John, and you, you look at them and they, they don't have their number one starter, Walker Bueller, who's going to be out a total of eight to ten weeks with bone spur surgery in his elbow. And Clayton Kershaw has missed chunks of time with the ongoing back issue. That's a wear and tear factor with him. They don't have their bullpen. Their, their closer, Blake Trinan, has not pitched since April, may not be back till September, and it's just been kind of patchwork by committee in the bullpen. And then you add into that, they've got a number of guys that haven't played really well, but they do have guys who hit. And Freddie Freeman, the big money free agent from Atlanta, has just been spectacular in terms of his ability to deliver in the number two spot in the batting order, power spraying the ball all over the field. You add into that Trey Turner, who came from the Washington Nationals a year ago at shortstop, and he's in his free agent years having a superstar season. We're talking hits, batting average, slugging percentage, defense at shortstop. You name, name it, he checks all the boxes off. Uh, Justin Turner, the veteran third baseman, had a terrible start, is hitting. Max Muncy, the hero at the end of postseason last year, is not hitting. Uh, it is amazing what has happened to their center fielder uh, who – Many, many thought was was going to be a superstar forever, the MVP. And this is the third straight year he's, he's not hitting. He's hitting in the 211s. It's, it's really stunning as to what has, has transpired there. So the, the Dodgers are not a complete team, but the Dodgers have a lot of bats. And the Dodgers have been able to tread water with their starting pitching. And the MVP on the Dodgers might be Trey Turner or it might be Freddie Freeman. But the intangible MVP... Get this, is their fourth and fifth starters. Their fourth starter is a young guy by the name of Tony Gonsolin, who failed twice before. Mm. And He's having f- a great year. The fifth guy is Tyler Anderson, a refugee who had been with the Pirates and been with the Mariners and a couple other clubs. Those two guys combined, John, are 21-1. and one. Whoa. Those are the intangible MVPs in Dodger baseball this season. So... It's a pretty good team, but they do hit, and Mookie Betts has just had a spectacular season after coming over from the Red Sox a couple of years ago, and that's why they have a 12-game lead, and they have the second-best record in baseball, only because the Yankees have the best record over in the American League. The Dodgers are forced to be reckoned with. If they get Bueller back, and they get Trinan back, and they think Bueller's going to be here sometime in August, and Trinan the end of August, Dodgers are going to be awful tough to beat. A very good team. The difference between the Dodgers and the Padres is the ability to draw 4 million fans at Dodger Stadium. And that's what they do. I mean, it's a big, big mega market. Uh, Their prices are high. They draw. They sell out. Fans love Dodger baseball. And if you're drawing 4 million, you're making enormous amounts of money at L.A. prices, just like the Padres are making significant profits uh, on San Diego prices. But the fact of the matter is, it's a team that's not afraid to be bold. It's a team that's not afraid to spend money. Uh, Their payroll 
has gone over the luxury tax the last couple of years. Now, they've, they've put a lid on it because if you go to the third tier of the luxury tax, the penalties are unbelievable. It's a dollar on dollar for, for every dollar you spend over the tax limit. That's 100% tax. And then you get then you lose draft picks and you lose a ton in your international signing bonus pool. So the Dodgers have stayed below that threshold. However, they they might make the next bold move, which we're going to talk about in this next segment, uh, to, to make a deal uh, at, at the trade deadline. So the Padres and the Dodgers and a couple of other teams are, are in the bidding. But before we get to the third topic on the table, uh, remind the viewers and listeners how they can interact with us. It's kind of as if we're doing a talk show on a podcast. Yes. So what we're doing here is this is a podcast. We're live streaming on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. That means if you're watching live right now, you can, you know, type in your comment, your question right there in Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We'll see it on the screen. Lee will see it on the screen here. And it's a great opportunity to interact with the hacksaw. So, um, a lot of great stuff going on here. You know, I just want to make a comment a little bit about the Dodgers. Dustin May is like coming back soon, too. And that guy is something. Well, he's coming off elbow surgery. He's been gone since the middle of last year. That takes time. Uh, he's only had one rehab start. He's nowhere near ready to pitch. Maybe he is ready sometime in September. But guys coming off the Tommy John surgery, it's usually 14 to 18 months. Now, he's at about the 12-month mark mm. right now. So... We'll just have to reserve judgment as to where Dustin May is, but he's knocking at the door. If healthy, that's a third guy coming off the injured list that could be a difference maker. But I think he's much farther behind than Bueller is or or Blake Trinan is. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about the big story, this big weekend. You know, as a talk show host, I, I deal with information and I deal with facts and I deal with rumors. Well, this is the big story. The story today, and it's odd that we're discussing this today because this was the headline on the front page of the San Diego Union-Tribune about it's time for A.J. Preller to make the right move that this is not a complete roster and are they going to be able to do it. And do it involves trading for Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. And, John, let's talk about the Washington perspective of this because I totally disagree with what's, what's going down in the District of Columbia. Uh, the Washington Nationals won a World Series a group of years ago. All those bright young players, they signed them all to mega contracts, uh, led by Steven Strasburg, the San Diego State pitcher. He broke down. Uh, I think they signed him to a seven-year, $245 million contract. He physically broke down. He's back on the disabled list again. First, he had elbow and forearm problems. Then he had shoulder problems. Then he had a blood clot in his shoulder. He pitched one game after an extended stay on the DL, had more problems. He's back on the disabled list. So, John, he's he's out of the mix. In fact, I think his career is very much in jeopardy. They're stuck with that contract. Uh, they, they gambled on other guys. It did not work out in free agency. Then they lost Bryce Harper, who was kind of the heart and soul of the batting order. He went to Philadelphia on a huge contract. And then they let the all-star third baseman Anthony Rendon go. He left on a huge contract, went to the Angels. He's had nothing but injuries the last two seasons. And now they're in last place. Their farm system is depleted. And the big story in Washington is, what are we going to do with Juan Soto? They offered Juan Soto a 15-year extension uh, for $440 million, and he turned it down. I don't think he wants to be part of massive rebuilding. 
His agent, Scott Boros, is calling all the shots in the story, John. And Scott Boros is interested in only two things. One, the biggest amount of money in the contract. And two, the average per year for my client. He doesn't care about the Nationals. He doesn't care about what's left in their budget. He doesn't care about whether they have a good team or a bad team. All he cares about are the dollars with his, his player. Washington decided they're going to put Soto on the trade block because they can't re-sign him. Complicating it all is the ownership, which I think has mismanaged the franchise. The Lerner family has put the franchise up for sale. So Scott Boris has, has used the excuse, well, Juan Soto is not going to commit to a contract here even if it's $440 million, without knowing who he's working for. I totally disagree with Washington. Should not trade Juan Soto. He's an asset. He's the only legitimate thing you have. Is that not important to an incoming owner to have a starter build around? Uh, and there are guys out there with money that would buy the franchise. And look at what the New York Mets have become under their new owner, Steve Cohen. They were in disarray. And he kept most of his free agents. And he went into the market and he signed a whole bunch more after he bought the team. And he doesn't care about the luxury tax. I think Washington is wrong for trading this guy or putting this guy on the trade block. I know they could get a lot for him. But, John, what's left behind? There's nothing left. If the Washington Nationals would become Three Mile Island. Nobody's left. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody's around. So I, I just have a philosophical difference with how Washington and their, and their president and general manager, Mike Rizzo, is doing business. Okay, let's fast forward. Uh, the Padres situation, tremendous farm system. Padres, Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, probably the best farm systems of all of baseball. They could put together a stockpile of really good players to make this deal work. Now, you have, the Padres have, have to ask themselves a whole bunch of questions. Am I willing to trade the whole farm system away to rent Juan Soto for three pennant races with the hope we get to the World Series once or twice. Are you paying attention to the fact you have a pitching staff that has a lot of age on it? And you may have only two more pennant races with the U Darvishes and the Joe Musgroves of the world to keep this team together. Is that the catalyst to go get Soto as a difference maker in your batting order with Machado and Hosmer that put you in the World Series? The third thing, by getting Juan Soto, are you are you're telling me you're willing to go over the luxury tax? which invokes penalties and invokes the loss of draft picks and international signing bonus money. Are you going to do that? I think the fourth item is, are you going to trust Scott Boros? That Boros would sign an extension before Soto gets to free agency? Or in two and a half years, are you going to lose Soto because Boros will take him out on the open market again, which he historically has, has always done? So the Padres have just a huge series of questions that they're going to have to answer themselves within their closed-door meetings in the next 72 hours before we get to Tuesday's trading deadline. Are you willing to do this, 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 and this? It's a huge question. Um, is Seidler willing to change his philosophy? Is Seidler going to trust Preller to make the right call? Because some of the other deals that the general manager has made have not worked out. And there's an intangible question. Are you going to trust Mike Rizzo? Because you know a year ago this time, you know, you were at Petco Park. Padres thought they had Max Scherzer in a rental. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And seven hours after A.J. Preller thought he made the deal, Mike Rizzo traded him in the middle of the night to the Dodgers instead. 
in a big two-for-one trade. So can you trust Rizzo and his word that, okay, we'll agree to this? So there's something there. Who's going to go? That's, a, that's the next big question. Padres' farm system is really deep, John. Uh, I'm led to believe that it would have to involve one of the young Padre pitchers, either Mackenzie Gore, who's now hurt and uncertain to pitch maybe a chunk of the rest of the season. Might it involve Mackenzie Gore or might it involve the other young left-hander, Adrian Morion, out of Mexico, who has been on a fast track but has had a lot of different arm injuries. He's never been able to stay healthy. He's pitching pretty well right now, but what happens in the next next outing, the outing after that? I think it's going to have to be one of those pitchers would have to go. I think he got the two shortstops. One of them has to be included in the package. C.J. Abrams, force-fed, playing pretty competitively for as young as he is, or deep in the farm system. There's a young pitcher, a young shortstop by the name of Jackson Morell. He might be the one to go because he's done tremendous things in a year and a half in the minor leagues. There's also a rumbling out there that, that maybe Jake Cronenworth might well be chopped, might well be moved uh, in a deal. Uh, and then you've got one of the catchers, Luis Campusano, uh, who I think Washington really likes. And the Padres have a number of different catchers and have drafted catchers. So I, I think there's a whole group of guys here. I counted up at least eight prospects uh, that Washington would look at on a list and say, oh, I want that pitcher, I want that shortstop, I want that outfielder. Now they've got two young outfielders, Robert Hassel, who's hit well in two-plus years in the farm system, and a young outfielder, James Wood, uh, who's in Class A ball, who's tearing it up. Now, those are prospects to be delivered down road. So I think the Nationals will say, I want one from here in the outfield, one from the infield, one of your catchers, one of your pitchers, and a four-for-one deal. That's a price. That's a really bold price uh, to make. So I think the judgment is, are the Padres better served to keep all the crown jewels in the farm system, try to get healthy, go back into free agency next winter when they have expiring contracts and a little bit more cap space, go back into free agency and get free agents to complement what you have and you've kept all the farm system intact. Or you better to do this, go get a superstar, and he is a stud, and make yourself a player in the World Series once or twice in the next couple of pennant races before all your pitchers get old and all the contracts expire. The danger in doing that is getting Juan Soto to play in the outfield so you go crazy at Petco Park, that's fabulous. But I'll tell you what, when you get to three years from now and, and everybody on that roster is gone, the Hosmers and Machado will be 33 or 34 and all the pitchers will be 35 and plus and you have no farm system, you're going to start to lose for a while as you go through the next rebuild. So it, it really bears watching. It's a really tough decision for the Padres. As for the Dodgers, because they're a player in this, uh, History lesson, Dodgers. You look at Dodger baseball, and they've been fearless, never afraid to spend, never afraid to auction off minor league stars, never afraid to take on massive contracts. You look at Dodger baseball. They got Scherzer a year ago. Difference maker, got him the World Series, so it didn't work out. The year before that, Mookie Betts, Boston. David Price, Boston. Prior to that, Adrian Gonzalez, remember those trades? Mm -hmm. Carl Crawford? I mean, they took on enormous amounts of money. So the Dodgers have a history of doing it. Who's available? 
Well, I think that Washington would do the same thing in L.A. that they're looking at San Diego's board. We want one of your pitchers, and a pitcher might be Dustin May, even though he's coming off surgery. Uh, but the success rate of guys coming off Tommy John is 75%. So Dustin May is a big difference maker and totally healthy. That's a stud. So Dustin May's name is out there. They have a tremendous young catcher in the minor leagues, and they're stacked up with catchers. A kid by the name of Diego Cartea. Uh, I think Washington would demand that he be part of the deal. Uh, There is another young pitcher, uh, a young first-round draft pick, Ryan Pipio, who's made a few cameo appearance starts with the Dodgers, done very well in the minor leagues. He might be part of this equation. Uh, The weird name might be Cody Bellinger. Would they give up on him? He's had three substandard seasons in a row, uh, got a gold glove, former MVP, but the guy's hitting 180, 205, 211. Yeah, he pops an occasional home run, but he's not what he was before. Nobody can figure it out, and he can't figure it out. Would Bellinger be in the deal because Soto would come in to replace Bellinger? So the Dodgers are very much a player in this, and you just you take their history as at this point, I don't think they're fearful of the luxury tax, and I don't think they care about trading more kids away because they got a lot of kids in the farm system. So you got the Padres, you got the Dodgers, the Cardinals have a really deep farm system. The Cardinals also have a bunch of young outfielders that are all playing right now and playing pretty well. And the Cardinals have about three or four young pitchers. St. Louis could be a player. Could you imagine a Cardinal batting order of Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Juan Soto? Holy cow. Uh, I don't know if the Yankees are a player in this any longer after they just made the trade with Kansas City to get the outfielder, Andrew Benatendi. Uh, the Mets could be a player in this. That bears watching because they got that owner, Steve Cohen, and all he's done since he moved into City Field's executive offices is write checks and not afraid to spend, and he's got players in his farm system that they could use in a trade package. So going towards Tuesday, this is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, The Padres get Soto. It makes a difference in the next three pennant races. But after that, it might be a lot of losing to come after that. Uh, Time will tell. The Dodgers get Soto. My goodness, do you think you want to play them in the World Series? Wow. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. And as a talk show guy, and I write on my website every day, is a, for baseball fans, a trade deadline is like the NFL draft. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like, it's like the NBA draft. It's like the National Hockey League trade deadline where everybody gets dealt away. Uh, base, the baseball trading deadline, August 2nd, is going to be something to pay attention to. Well, you know, right now, Padres Twitter is just going crazy. Uh, everyone chiming in on what Preller should do. And it seems like the fan base is prepared to give away four or even five of those names that you mentioned earlier um, because they see Soto as a once-in-a-generation talent. He's the, he's the equivalent of a, of a mantle, of a maze, of a Ted Williams. I mean, do you see Soto in that same, in that same light? Four and a half years in baseball with the Washington Nationals came from Cuba. Uh, Juan Soto is a two ninety three career hitter on some bad ball clubs. He's got 118 home runs. In four and a half years, uh, his on-base percentage, his slugging percentage, his OPS numbers are over 600. I mean, it's really, really impressive. Uh, tremendous defensive player. Um, if you go back, if just YouTube Juan Soto highlights the power of this hitter. 
the ability to spray the ball of this hitter, the ability to go get the ball when he's in the outfield, and he plays all these different positions. I mean, this is a complete gem. Which why, if you spin back to my comments, why is Washington doing this? This is an asset. This is a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's the only one making any money in Washington. So whoever the new owner coming in is going to have money to spend. Why would you not keep this guy and then go into free agency and go get guys who can play with him immediately? It takes takes five years to rebuild a farm system. Uh, that's what Preller's done in San Diego. And, you know, we have all these young guys. And he's traded a lot of guys away. A lot, a lot of people forget you know, all the people on Twitter who are going absolutely crazy. Uh, <laughs> people have forgotten that he's got starting pitchers all over baseball that are doing really well that he traded away or gave away. Mm-hmm. He's got everyday players in the lineup. He traded away Trey Turner, Dodger shortstop. Uh, he's got guys in other clubs having really good seasons as role players. He's traded 31 prospects away in about five years. That's an awful lot of wealth uh, to give away. Now, he did it because he had to build something. But here we are. We're sitting here 12 games out of first place as we head into this weekend and head towards a trading deadline. So he's, he's going to have to do something. But, yeah, fans would love Soto. I just asked the question three years from now when you can't resign him because his agent is Scott Boros. Three years from now, are you going to like losing? Because that's probably what's going to happen if you trade the whole farm system away and then it's complicated by the fact your entire pitching staff is – going to be out of gas and old age you know you're going to be left with Soto and Manny Machado and not much else is Preller in the hot seat I don't think so although I think if you were to canvas all the people watching us uh, people would hold him accountable it's his franchise but he's got a contract extension through 2026 and I as much as I respect Peter Seidler and what he's done for baseball in San Diego and his commitment to spend his wealth to put a winner here why would you give Preller a contract extension a couple of years ago when he hadn't won anything yet? And if they don't make the playoffs, this will be the sixth time in seven years under his guidance Padres have not been in postseason play. I don't know many general managers that survived the job with that, that amount of failure, inefficiency, whatever. But they're not out of it. We'll find out what Tuesday at 3 p.m. brings us, which is the trading deadline. It's... It's going to be wild. This is a great time of year. Oh. I mean, as as a fan, I mean, I just love it. I mean, the you know, the, there's it's just exciting. Like you say, it's like the NFL draft, like the NBA draft, um, and there's always a renewed sense of hope. You know, in the springtime, we we're looking forward to the season, and now we're thinking, can we get that boost? To get over the hump, can we correct some of those mistakes that were made? Maybe some of the bad luck we've incurred. Um, I'm a longtime Padre fan. I'm hungry for a winner. Well, you're hungry for World Series. You know, the, the tough part of this equation is if even if they get in as the third wild card, they might be one and done. Because under the new wild card rules, you know, they've added wild cards in each league. The wild card becomes a best of three series, which I think would be good. But if you're at the back end of the wild card, You play on the road. You play all three of those games. If the season were to end tonight, they'd be playing the Atlanta Braves, all three games in Atlanta. And Atlanta's as hot a baseball team as there is right now. So, you know, it'd be cool to be back in the postseason as a wildcard team. But the fact that you were the number one seed wildcard, which meant home field advantage, and now you're either second or third, you're going to have to go on the road. 
for the wild card series, and then you go on the road for the west of the rest of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fascinating seventy two hours ahead of us. There's no doubt about that as we go towards the trading deadline. Right on. Well, Lee, I mean, this is fantastic. You know, getting you going here. We got you know hacksaw. You know, behind the mic. This is a it's a great time. Well, I enjoy doing this. We're going to do this weekly. Uh, put our podcast up at the end of each week, and we'll be doing a lot of different topics on the table. Next weekend, we'll do a recap of the trading deadline. And, and obviously, with NFL training camps open, we'll do a ton of NFL football. And a reminder, uh, if you like what we've done on Sports Talk Radio in this market for a long period of time, and you like what we're doing here uh, with Hacksaw's Headlines podcast, uh, check my website because I write on a website every day. It's very different. It's very unique. It's full of stories. It's Lee. HacksawHamilton.com. John, thank you for the time. We'll see you next week. All right, Lee. Thanks a lot. My pleasure.